Hello and welcome to episode six of Smoke and Burn. I'm Casey Gressith, and today I'm joined by Spiro. You're gonna have to help me with your last name, <laughs> Morianus. Spiro with the long last name. It's kind of like Becky with the good hair. <laughs> so, so Spiro is a uh, independent specialist that covers part of the Oklahoma City area. Um, and Spiro, how long have you been uh, in a sales role with BG? I'm actually going on just about three and a half years. I uh, started up in Tulsa, uh, did independent and some dealer training, and then about two years now in Oklahoma City. Okay. And what, what did you do before that? Um, actually, my, my background, I've got a variety of, uh, of automotive background. I actually started uh, back in high school actually doing uh, fabricated roll cages for a BMW shop up, up in uh, Bow, New Hampshire, of all places. And uh, transitioned into parts and service uh, with an independent group up in Maine when I was going to college. And uh, I invent- eventually ended up running their headquarters store for, oh gosh, a, a few years at the time I was with that company. So I've had a chance to kind of, you know, thankfully work my way up the ranks, the part side, the service, and eventually eventually running a service department. Um, I transitioned out of that, actually took a little bit of a break from automotive moved to Oklahoma to take a job in energy where I actually did a procurement and purchasing. So I had a chance to see, you know, financial operations from the other side of the desk, just, you know, just so, you know, cost of goods, uh, handling contractors and a lot of that experience for about three and a half years really helped my current role now to getting guys to understand, you know, the money side of the business, not just from being a, a former service manager, but also seeing, you know, what goes into, you know, projecting out your financials, uh, cash flow management. And uh, after after that job, I actually worked uh, with a Ford dealer in Tulsa and then uh, eventually came on with BG. Man, so you've done, you've done a lot of that. How old are you? About 32. Okay. All right. Same age. So, man, you've done a lot of different things in that about a time. <laughs> Stayed busy, man, for sure. Stayed busy. Now, I don't mean this as a slight, but would you consider yourself kind of a, a Euro car nerd? Uh, just a little bit. <laughs> and what I mean by a little bit, like an unhealthy amount, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, lo- I love the Euros, man. I, it's the it's the complexity. It's the quality. It's it's. I think it's the challenge, to be honest. You know, so many guys are afraid to take on a Euro project. And I'm like, come on, what? just one. Let's go. I want more than that. So, Is there, has there ever been one that you bought and just regretted? Oh, yeah. Every BMW I bought. Every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> every one of them yeah. it's like everybody had that friend in high school that yeah. was like oh man i got this you know 1998 5 series bmw i've been looking at and you're like don't do it <laughs> and they buy it and it's just a money pit you're like if you enjoy being broke that's the perfect car perfect car yeah yeah, yeah no, that's i mean that's the story of of my life with motorcycles i it's just on a smaller scale you know, so. man, it's it's fun because you get to learn so much about the quirkiness of the Euros because, uh, you know, they are definitely, definitely over-engineered. So, so, like, you would think, all right, you have a basic oil filter housing like most vehicles. These ones are coolant-fed. They leak in, you know, multiple different places, which causes potential. There's all these possible scenarios from something that on a domestic you don't even have to mess with. But it's uh, it's come in handy because the my passion for Euros has really helped in, in this role actually as a BG rep, because so many guys are afraid of them. And that's, 
that's actually how we've tied in a lot of our oil and a lot of the uh, a lot of the, the platinum service stuff, especially on the European market, because now what guys were once afraid to say, all right, I don't want to put the wrong oil in the wrong thing, or do I have to pull an intake to scrub valves? Those questions have been answered with with something we offer, and it's just opened up the whole door of opportunity in that in that niche market. Nice. And, and we'll get into some of that stuff as we go along, because you've done some really cool things uh, in some okay. of your shops. And um, just to kind of set the table here, though, you took over the territory that you're in now when? Uh, it would have been March, uh, actually March 1st, 2018. So just uh, just under two years ago. And at the time, you know, what was what was it selling per month or yeah, the last couple of years, uh, so 20, uh, 2017, it looks like the territory had done just about 380000 in sales. Uh, 2016, I think it was right around three fifty, and it was about three hundred and twenty dollars uh, the year before that. So I, uh, I came in uh, March 1st of 18, so that was kind of my starting point from there, uh, up against 380000 which was the top, uh, the top it's ever done. So Nice, and where are you at now? Uh, finished, uh, finished 2018. So in 10 months, we, uh, we managed 384,000. So we, we just edged out 2018, I'm sorry, 2017 with about 10 months worth of work. And if all, if all finishes and falls into place, uh, 2019, we should crack 660,000 this year. Man, good for you. That's Thank awesome. You, man. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun, man. People it's, it's been a blast. And Part of why, you know, the discussions that you and I have had um, in the past couple of months here has to do with some some unique takes on the business that you have and and some of the ways that you've um, tackled things in a really creative way in your territory. Uh, what's been some things that have been instrumental in your growth? I'll tell you, man, uh, going into it, especially a new territory, you know, we've been told this our whole lives as kids, as teenagers, as adults learn from other people's examples. And, and I can't, I can't stress that enough. If you, if you're a new guy going into a territory or say you're an existing rep that's taken over a new, uh, a new territory, listen to your customers, man, listen to your shops and what, you know, what their feedback was. You know, what, what did the previous guy do that they didn't care for or use, use your conversation as a feedback tool to be able to kind of fine tune your business a little bit. And that's, I remember my first month uh, in Oklahoma City after coming down from Tulsa, um, and, and the previous guy did a great job, actually. He was there 26 years, uh, did a very good job. Guys have known him for longer than I've been alive, you know, at that point. And what uh, so what happens is a, guy, a lot of guys are saying, you know, we, we wouldn't mind seeing somebody a little bit more frequently. We're only seeing, you know, somebody, you know, or our previous guy about, but every three months or once a month, it, it just, a lot of the feedback was, hey, we're, we're craving more in-shop interaction. And I'm like, yeah, let's get this done. We'll, we'll do it. And the feedback I got from people, it, it was, and again, he did a great job, but he was a one man show. So you have to pick and choose how you delegate, how you visit the time that you spend at your visits. Um, and I, I made the, the decision to say, you know, in order to do this, how we have to, I've got to bring on a full-time person. I've got to bring on somebody to help me, you know, with the restocks, the delivery, so I can free myself up to do exactly what my shops are, are craving or begging for me to do. And, uh, that's, that's what we did. So about four months into, uh, the territory, I, I took a little leap of faith. I'd saved up some money and I said, all right, I got some, I got enough to cover, uh, 
some help for the rest of the year. And that's when the floodgates just opened up at that point. Cause now instead of having to do restocks at the same time as trainings, I'm dedicated 100% to going out there in training, coaching, educating, but not, not just on BG, but on the entire aspect of the business uh, from my experience, you know, prior to BG. So I'd be able to go in and, and now you're, you're forming not only a friendship, a partnership, but you're, you're now like a personal consultant to the guys um, because you can have real shop talk with these guys and not be worrying about, okay, hey, I got to hit the road in 10 minutes for my next stop. It, it took all that out of the picture so I could focus on, on business development. And that's, that's exactly what, what we did. Man, so you went into these stores that have been dealing with BG for a long time. Um, I imagine that a lot of them had never really viewed BG as as a as a business consultant slash partner. I mean, is that fair to say? I would say a fair amount of them. I mean, obviously your your best accounts, the guys that have been with us the longest. I mean, they they get it. They know what we bring to the table. But it's how do you take that ta-da moment, that light bulb going off, and share that with everybody else? And that's that's what I, I used. I mean, we've had some uh, some guys in the or some shops in the territory that have been twenty five plus year customers and love our stuff. Knew exactly what we brought to the table, and I would use their example to guys that are up and coming to say, "Hey, this is what we're able to achieve." But not because I'm asking you guys to sell a bunch of cans, and I, I'm not asking you to do to do my job for me. But I want to show you guys what you can do with this. Um, being an independent only territory. LPP is a phenomenal tool, but oftentimes we're not able to capture that initial that initial customer at that mileage. And that's where I started getting creative with how to approach different things. How do you create a market? How do you give everybody the same ammunition and see how they use it? And then that's that's where it, it turned into such a spectacular thing. So I've got I've got a new sales rep uh, that's taken over an independent territory that really had a ton of accounts in it, uh, a lot of long-term accounts. And, uh, you know, we're about a week and a half into working through this territory. And what we're finding, I think, is that, you know, there's a lot of these guys that like BG and, you know, they stock a little of this, little of that, but they don't, they don't view us uh, as a, as a consul- consultative business partner, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's just never been our role. So, how, how do you, you know, if you're attacking like a big territory with a lot of accounts like that, how, do you, how did you determine where to best spend your time to get fast results? Like, how did you weed through accounts to determine who was where, who were the candidates that you wanted to focus on initially? Well, that's the thing. I, I had an idea. Obviously, you can, you can tell who, who's been a producer in the past and who hasn't. But I'm like, you know, I'm not going to limit opportunity to just a handful of guys that are already getting it. I, I want to actually give the same opportunity to everybody because, you know, our, our shops that are top producing guys, great BG shops, they were once that little guy. And so my, my whole thought process was, you know, I want to find out what retail pricing is for a lot of, uh, a lot of our shops, where are guys selling services? What kind of hours are they billing into stuff? And that was really my first major undertaking was to just go around to different parts of my my territory, my market, and just find out where guys are selling stuff for. And I actually found an alarming amount of inconsistency, which which is actually a good thing because what it allowed us to do, or excuse me, allowed me to do is to go in and gather that data and say, you know what? I noticed that we got guys selling, you know, an air fuel induction service, a 2902. 
one shop is selling it for $109 and the shop literally 300 yards down the street selling it for 179. So where, where's the inconsistency? So I took, you know, I'd say it was about a six week undertaking this project to go around and talk to guys and say, Hey man, you know, where are you pricing these at? Where, you know, what, you know, where, where do you want to be with things? And the feedback I got was, I don't really know where to sell this stuff at. I'm not really sure what a good retail range is. I don't, I don't know if I'm too expensive. I'm too low. So that, that was about, I would say a good 65% of the territory had those questions. So what I did is, you know, I, I, I talked with other reps, guys have been doing it a long time and said, you know, Hey, w- let's talk about, you know, what do you, what do you guys recommend for, you know, build hour? Let's, let's say an air fuel induction service. You know, do you guys do an hour 0.8? Where's your labor rate? Everyone's like an hour is a solid gig, you know, for the most part. Perfect. So what I did is I also did some homework and research on Oklahoma city market, um, shop labor rates, you know, your, your Edmond, your Yukon Mustang area, they're typically going to be a little bit higher up. Um, there's some other parts in town there that are under a hundred. So what I did is I created with every one of our services, a labor guide for shops. Um, and it, it gives default pricing. It gives a suggested retail range of services and then a formula that actually breaks it down based on the most common sold pricing. So in that column, I have, hey, you know, I, I noticed that we sell, you know, a 2902 air intake service. Um, the major, the, the most common pricing I'm seeing is 159.95, that parts and labor. So based on that price, I built a formula and then gave like a high and a low of that market. So what I did is I, I compiled all that information, built an Excel sheet with every one of our services. We're talking like the different, you know, oil change options, all the major services, diesel, transmission, whatever you can imagine, it's on the sheet. And what I did is I built the service guide off of a $100 effective labor rate, which in history's past, it's been a little bit lower, but this gave me a chance to say, all right, we're bringing more value to the table. I'm going to establish a little bit of a market guide. And with that completed, I gave a, I gave a copy to every single one of my shops over the next six months because we had some pricing stuff that we had to get worked out and make sure everyone's on the same page. And uh, it's taken some time, but I have everybody in the territory now 100% on the same pricing. There's no special exceptions. There's no favoritism. I, I, I want to make sure it's an equal playing field for everybody. And that took a little bit of work. But with that Excel sheet, what it does, you put that in front of people and they say, oh, man, I... I'm leaving a little bit of money on the table or, or, oh my gosh, I've been charging too much for this transmission service. And what it does is it opens up their eyes to the potential of what we bring to the table. Uh, so on that same sheet, I also built, based on that most common pricing, I built a labor uh, profit and parts labor matrix. So the guys can actually look at it and say, okay, based on this pricing, this is how much my store makes. And then, then of course, they pay their technicians out of that, that hourly build rate. So it created an entire market guide, uh, which actually helped set the pricing for the Oklahoma City market. And and also guys that were just doing, say, air fuel services, a couple cans of 44K, small volume stuff, they were able to see what else we brought to the table. And, and you, you could see their eyes just bugging out of their head. They're like, I had no idea you guys offered this. Oh, man, you guys do cooling system services? Do you do machinery? Next thing you know, these conversations are turning into, into possibilities. And now these guys are doing these services. Man, that's, that's cool because it's like that accomplishes so many different things for you because, you know, for one thing, it allows you to get the, you know, it's a, it's a simple 
touch point on the business side of things that doesn't require them to hand over a lot of information to you, but it's a way that you can instantly establish some credibility. Like you've helped them with a problem right off the bat that they didn't even know that they had. And also, so not, like yeah, not instant just, business credibility, you know? Absolutely, man. And not just that, but also opening their eyes to everything else that we do. So that, uh, that kind of took things to the next level because I'm like, all right, if I'm getting this kind of response off of just really something to make their job a little bit more convenient, a little bit more easier, I want to compile a little bit of everything for these guys to be able to say, all right, well, here's a, here's a warranty guide, or I say warranty, a coverage guide. Um, Ray Carter came up with arguably the best document I've ever seen this company ever, ever put out. And it's a profitability playbook that we build for our shops. And it talks about everything that we do for these guys. Guys, we do training, we do social media, we do equipment, we do, you name it. And it summarizes what BG brings to the table. And so with a combination of that Excel sheet, um, a couple, you know, our LPP guide, mm -hmm. our, our oil change menu guide, I put together a small packet paired up with the fresh brand new um, paper, uh, paper catalog. And every shop got one. And I said, you know, I'm just going to buy a couple cases of catalogs because I don't know when the last time guys have seen some of our updated stuff. Because sometimes, you know, you can talk about things, but they're busy. This way they have something to thumb through. And I'd see guys bust out a Sharpie and start circling different services they're interested in doing. And next thing you know, we're, we're in there doing demos and they're now selling those services. That's impressive, mostly because I didn't realize Ray Carter could read. <laughs> he reads very well. I'm impressed. <laughs> oh, Sorry, <man>. Ray. <laughs> oh, he's cool with it. I hope. <laughs> oh, he's fun. So the other thing that that you and I have talked quite a bit about uh, is an area that I have. Oh, man, I've really struggled to uh, to find a good way to apply it. But you are a, an enormous fan of the on the road program. Absolutely, it is. We it's funny because we we always have like our inside joke at BG that we're we're the best kept secret, we're the technicians' best kept secret. And I'm like, guys, I'm I'm kind of tired of being a secret. If there's something so good, I think everybody should know about it, you know. So OTR is so on the road for the guys, you know. Uh, OTR is hands down the best, most valuable retention resource you can use in our business. It, it's sometimes we have to back up just a second. And not necessarily look at the products, but look at what we can do with the products. Um, I always call, I, I refer to our stuff as the catalyst. It, it's, yeah, the retention is great. People come in asking that use our BG, but what if we could give our customers a little thank you for doing business and say, hey, you know what? Come back and see us here at, you know, Joe's Lube Shop, you know, every, every, you know, every time you come in for your service and I'll make sure you always have roadside assistance. I'll make sure that if you get a flat tire, we're fixing it or replacing that tire for you just because you did an oil change using BG at our shop. And that's the mentality I took because given that I'm an independent only, I do have a lot of higher mile cars out there. So I had to get very creative outside of LPP because not everyone's eligible. I, I would say I still probably have about a 25, 20 to 25%, you know, eligibility, if not more, but, but not everyone's necessarily interested in that. But if you can come in for a service and, and, you know, a can of MOA or 44K, you know, goes in and now all of a sudden you have a six month roadside assistance, you're going to go back to that shop. And, and let me ask you, Casey, if you went in, say you didn't know anything about BG, uh, you know, checking in at, you know, your, your loop, shop, uh, loop shop of choice. And they said, you know, hey, 
we have a, uh, we've got a fuel treatment that's going to, you know, help improve your fuel economy. It's going to make your car run better. We want to make sure it's stay, it's staying running better. By the way, it comes with six months of roadside assistance that also covers tires. It covers emergency hotel stays. It covers, you name it, you know, and it's only going to cost you, you know, twenty nine ninety five to do that. Would you be interested in something like that? You know? Absolutely. And I would imagine that for, you know, less experienced advisors, it's easier to talk about roadside assistance than it is the ins and outs of the product. Absolutely. And uh, one thing that we've had a lot of traction with, and, and this is something all the guys that listen to this program, guys, I'm telling you, look, look deep into our catalogs because we, we have some stuff that is an absolute hidden gem. Um, I do a lot with MOA. I do a ton with 44K, but my this year's really surprising product was actually CF5, believe it or not. And I tell guys, here's the thing. It's not here to replace 44K, but what it is, again, it's a catalyst. So if I can package something for guys to say, you know what, I'm going to, I can, I can sell you, this is talking to the shop owners. I can sell you a can of an extremely good fuel treatment. That's also stabilizer an ethanol protect, uh, you know, prevention, and also a can of road, uh, excuse me, and, and a roadside assistance card. Um, you're looking at a total cost of about 11 to 11.50. I'm going to ask you to sell that at 19.95, and th- and this is my theory behind it. So so all of a sudden, guys are thinking, okay, we're we're talking about a good a good margin in an item. Customers are getting a phenomenal product for the money because of its three in one ability. Um, but now what you're doing is saying, hey, I we have a program here. We have something where you can say, hey, you know, for for 20 bucks. I'm treating your fuel system and I've got you covered for the next six months. If something happens to you and your family when you're on the road. So when, you know, you're high, you know, say they got a hundred thousand mile car, they're out of LPP. They're at least getting some benefit and they're getting some value on top of that $20 purchase. And that's been a home run with my quick lube shops because they don't always have time to go over mileage intervals. They don't always have time to, to run even a can of EPR as much as I hate saying that, but you know how easy it is to dump a can of product in the, uh, in the fuel tank and say, Hey, by the way, Thanks for your business. Here, here's six months of roadside. We'll see you at your next oil change to keep you going on that. And next thing you know, you've got loop shops that are able to turn a couple cases of this product a week, and it's and it's great profitability to the shops and a phenomenal value to the customers. So that's been that's been my 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 cutting a, a hidden weapon, if you will, uh, going you know for loop shops. Awesome. So you mostly uh, your focus on CF five, I'm sure, has to do just with trying to maintain a certain retail price for, uh, for the program, right? Exactly. It's uh, I still sell more 44K than I do CF5 because 44K is our staple. That is, I mean, we all know how legendary of a product it is, but not everybody customer-wise, and this is where kind of my procurement mind kind of kicks in a little bit, not everyone may understand the value that's being given at, say, $27.95, but at $19.95, you know, 20 bucks. I'll try that. That's not a bad deal. And they realize what they're getting. What it is, it's a gateway to the rest of our services, kind of like an auto poor MOA program is. It, it's, you know, people that establish these sell more service because they it's embedded in the DNA of the shop. And that's what I'm doing. It, it becomes a very high value price point item that people can still give to the customer. And they're getting a lot of bang for the buck because I, I don't believe in selling something that someone can't benefit from. But if I can get them something that's going to make the shop good money. The customers get a great service out of it. They get a peace of mind with roadside. Um, that's also going to bring customers back for more services. And that's that's the whole idea is I want them coming back after tasting BG one time and saying, hey, this this is this is a really good deal. I got to keep this going. 
Absolutely. Now for, for on the road, you really just need a BG part number of some sort on the, uh, the repair order in order for you to use that program. That's it. That's, that's the and, beauty of it. And one of the things that, that we've talked about over the past month or so here is uh, some of the things that you're doing with our, our full synthetic oils in your shops. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So uh, actually to, to lead into that, you absolutely hit the nail on the head with a BG part number. So imagine before digging into the quality of oil, imagine for a second, you can provide a solution to a shop to say, Hey guys, we can not only reduce your inventory because how our oil is constructed, but now because it's a BG part number on that invoice, your customers are now eligible for roadside assistance. So let's build a package that's going to cover your synthetic oil needs, but also now comes standard with six months of roadside assistance. So that was a huge eye opener for guys to say, man, so you're saying I don't have to sell anything extra for that. I said, you can always offer, but at the worst case, you have this to fall back on your basic synthetic oil package. What that does is it helps take a lot of the guesswork. You know, I shouldn't say the guesswork, but the fear of upselling out of the question. More and more cars these days are coming factory with synthetic. They're calling for these crazy, crazy long oil change intervals. So I said, all right, let's let's get creative with this. Let's figure out a way to be competitive price-wise, but also establish more of a market. So our synthetic oil, you guys, for the for you those of you out there that have not tried playing around with 737, our, our 5W30, it is hands down, hands down, the best kept secret in our company. So the way that this oil is constructed, if you guys look at your spec and tech sheet, it uh, it covers nearly every European uh, API certification as well as compatibility to domestics. So it works in Dexos 2 applications. It works uh, you know, in your Ford applications. But also we have more European, I'm not sure if approvals is the right word, but compatibility, European uh, compatibility to OEMs than Castrol, Mobile One, Amsoil. And you can pull this up on their websites. This is all public information. So all, all of a sudden you have a product that is a premium, premium synthetic. And we're talking phenomenal TFAUT ratings above and beyond the rest. Uh, your NOAC is one of the lowest in the industry, which for those who don't know what NOAC is, it's your oil evaporation. So you're, the lower the number, the better. And ours is actually industry leading. And so you're taking an extremely high quality oil that you're able to cover nearly everything on the marketplace because of how it's constructed. And now it's also eligible for roadside assistance. So, so now we have major things to be able to talk to our guys about um, that's really cool. Yeah. Now, it seems to me that when it comes to oil, uh, there is a lot of, I don't know, there's there's kind of like, a, it's almost like fandoms, you know, that people have for certain types of oil. Did you meet a lot of resistance when you first started talking about it from the guys who are like, well, I'm a mobile one only guy or, you know, I use Redline or wh- whatever, you name it. Oh yeah, you know that's going to happen because you know I I had I mean shoot I had my my pet oil if you will you know before coming on with BG I had I had brands of choice that I liked and I tell guys here's the thing I'm not here to take that business away I want to show you what we can do with ours and when the guys realize what they're actually getting the decisions actually they already make the decision at that point I, I have a shop that is a powerhouse mobile one. Uh, mobile one oil place. And we're very fortunate that here in Oklahoma city, the distributor 
uh, was actually recently bought out by a company out of Texas. Uh, and again, I, I don't know the, the, the in-depth details, but I know that turnaround time is a huge issue. That's the feedback I've gotten from guys. And uh, pricing, we're actually not that far off the beaten path for where pricing falls in place. So I told the guys, oh, I'd ask guys, all right, you know, question, what what do you like about Mobile One? And everyone just says, it's brand recognition. It's a high quality oil. Absolutely. I said, what if I could prove to you guys and show you that we actually have an oil that does across the board, and we're talking third party ASTM lab testing, beat it in every major category. And not to mention, you don't have to stock 15 varieties of it because the way we construct this oil it's going to cover nearly 90% of what comes into your shops. And of course, at that point, you have people's attention. How does that work? How are you able to do that? We, and absolutely, we go through and cover it. So, the, you know, and I tell guys, we're not, we're not getting rid of your mobile one. Obviously, you're going to have customers coming in that request it. I, I don't want to upset customers. I want them coming back for services. But when I show you guys what you're able to achieve on your inventory control, on on literally just ease of use, how many people have to run out because they ran out of zero W30 because they had a, a weird BMW roll in and they only had five of the six quarts needed. That eliminates this entire issue. And then all of a sudden they can love a certain product so much. But when you talk about inventory consolidation, competitive pricing and what it brings to the table, you have their attention because we, we address all those items. Do you find that your European like specialty shops are are more open to these discussions or less? Because we have the compatibility, they're actually they're actually very open to it. And in fact, my lube shops that have taken on this oil have done it to actually have one European oil that covers everything or or nearly everything. There's obviously going to be some some exceptions. So, uh, for example, I've got a a little European uh, Mercedes Benz specialist up in Edmond. And uh, awesome guy. He, he's a young owner. I, I believe he's like 26 or 27 years old. Just heart of gold. Awesome guy. And uh, he says, man, I'm getting killed with all these different viscosities. I, I have, you know, this 030 for this, this, five, this you know, 5W40 for that. And I'm having to buy it through parts stores. I can't keep pricing consistent. I said, man, I can help you with that. This is what I can bring to the table. And what I do is I'll, I'll bring a spec and tech form. And I'll also bring I'll also bring the most updated copy of our lab data. Shane and the guys do a phenomenal job at the labs. And what I do is I share that with them. I, I don't leave it because again, out of out of respect for other companies, you you know that's that's personal information. But I show them how we're able to achieve what we're doing and what I can do for the shop. I said, man, I can I can regulate your pricing. I can get stuff taken care of. And oh, by the way, your cars are eligible for roadside assistance and especially anyone that's that's a european fanatic believe me that's a huge value you'll use it it's not if it's when you'll use roadside so it's it's nice to have that ability to say hey if there's a mechanical breakdown get it back get it towed back to the shop we got you covered let's see what's going on so now you're you're bringing that customer back now how much uh what do you where where are your oil sales now and where do you forecast them to be over the course of the next few months or or a year or so? Casey, I'll be honest, man, that's the uh the one figure I have not I have not completely dialed up yet. I know since the midpoint of the year I was selling almost I wouldn't say no oil, but I was selling minimal. We're talking gallons maybe here and there for guys that just really love our products. And that's where I got my wheels turning, but I know since then um Man, I'm trying to think. I pro- I'd have to say at least a, a dozen 53-gallon barrels uh, getting close to that number on kegs, and I, I can't even tell you the amount of gallons that we've sold. 
Um, but there is a strategy behind behind how it's offered because as reps, we're we're very programmed to have to live within within certain margins, as as any business owner does. You know, you you have you have your cost, you have your your retail, uh, you have to be able to build your business within a reasonable margin. And what we noticed uh, in myself and a couple other reps is that this seven three seven or really any of our synthetic oils may be the exception. To the, to the margin game, because if we were to try to follow the same margin that we do in other stuff, there's no way we can be competitive. We can offer premium product, but to be competitive, is it's tough, you know, because now you're pricing yourself extraordinarily high. So I, I did some thinking, I crunched some numbers, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, if I can take a shop that has, you know, 20 different viscosities and types of oil and be able to consolidate it to maybe two or three or the majority being undercovered under 737. And I'll, and I'll get into that on how we're able to do that. Um, I'm building my frequency far further than where I'm not having to rely on margin to make up that difference. So if I'm capturing, say, 90% of the synthetic business at a shop, now I'm selling way more volume. So so the presentation I put on uh, for my, my, my counterparts, all my guys here at, uh, at LSI, was a presentation on how to calculate not off margin, but off of volume. And so say you're capturing more of a shop's synthetic oil market. Um, the way I set it up is I, the formula used, and again, we can all, we all have different formulas throughout the country, but long story short on a six quart oil change, if they pull a drain plug on that, you're making as a rep between about five and $7 depending. And, and how we achieve that is, Price your price your oil so it's competitive, and, and obviously you have you have to make a little bit of money per quart. I mean, we're we're in business to do that, but you can do it by volume because if you're capturing majority or all of their synthetic oil business by by having one product that literally can do almost everything, you're now making that up in volume. And and I'll tell you guys, auto pour MOA is the heart and soul. It's it's successful, but it is hard to do sometimes. But if you can I- introduce an oil where they're not having to stock crazy amounts of different viscosities. And now they're using yours as the primary. Every time a car's, a car's drain plug gets pulled, you're making money on that. And there's no salesmanship involved. So now, now you've opened up a whole nother element to be able to say, all right, Hey, you know, th- this car, you know, we, we had a, a eight court, you know, Ford F-150 come in and, you know, and I try to price my stuff to make about give or take a dollar a quart. Um, sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes it is. Uh, and again, you can do it with bulk oil, but if you're replacing, you know, a 53 gallon barrel of oil every two weeks at a shop, that adds up pretty fast over the course of a year. And that's just one shop, never mind three, four, five, six shops as people start using it more and more. So you are, you are making up your difference, but you're giving them still a great pricing, which is actually competitive to the major brands. Oh man, that's a great, it's a great way of looking at it. And you know, you're right. We do get into these, you know, habits where we, we think of things only in terms of like margin, best possible commission, some of that type of stuff. Um, the same kind of thing goes for transmission fluid. You know, if you can get a shop to use a, a kit and a cube with every transmission service, you know, maybe you're not making your full margin on that fluid, but you know, it's, it's an extra, you know, 80 to a hundred and some dollars in gross sales. Every time they, they do a transmission service, nobody has to sell a single extra thing. And I mean, even if you're only making, you know, three or four bucks, 
that's significant when you think about how many trans kits you sell in a lot of shops, you know, optimize your, your BG dollars per sales interaction by doing that stuff. And, uh, and the thing too, it's, it's not, I, I never, you have to obviously consider your bottom line. You have to always consider margins. It's, It's good business practice, but sometimes that kind of stuff is not the, is not the, uh, the end of the road, if you will, you have to, you have to think creative outside the box. My, my biggest thing is I wish I had a rep when I was managing my, the independent shop I was at up in Maine. I wish I had a rep that came in and said, man, I, I can simplify some stuff for you guys. That's going to absolutely buy you more time. It's going to reduce, reduce errors because we have this to offer. All of a sudden, I don't really care so much about pricing. I mean, it's obviously consideration, but it's not, it's not the end all. If I can get competitive and I'm dealing with a high, high quality product that I know is going to reduce, all right, did I, hey, did I put that right oil in that, that vehicle? Or, oh, dang, did that, did that Toyota take, you know, can I use my cheap bulk stuff or do I have to use a specialty? If I can get rid of all those questions for guys and back it with a better protection plan because of what LPP has been able to do, uh, talking transmissions now, um, we've established something in a shop that they may not have had before. And that's, that's the magic about this. I tell guys, you know, 312 is a phenomenal seller. I, I do a ton of 312 and also 314. But I tell guys, you know, if they have, you know, let's say Service Pro or, or whatever, uh, an inexpensive entry level synthetic uh, fluid for transmission, I tell guys here, I'm not I'm not here to take that business away from you guys. There's obviously there's there's a place for it in this market. But this is what we can do with our specialty fluid because I and I tell guys I'm not knocking any products. I don't believe in being unprofessional. But you have to be careful where that fluid goes in, because I'll tell you right now, you can't use that fluid in a 10 speed Ford. That fluid's not going to be able to be compatible on a six speed and up ZF application unless there's some specialty version of it. So I tell guys, look at their application guide and and know it in and out. But this is what I can do with 312. So where you can't use that, this is where ours falls into place. So you're not having to go to the dealer and spending 18 to $24 a quart on OEM stuff because your house fluid doesn't cover it. I can fall into the $8 range, you know, via cubes. I don't, I don't sell any loose quartz. I do cubes or cubes or barrels or kegs. And I mm-hmm. can be highly competitive and also give a premium fluid to these guys without them having to go and spending three times the amount uh, at the dealer uh, for OEM stuff. And that opens up the conversation because they realize more and more that some of these Again, I'm not saying low quality, but these lower cost, you know, multi multi ATFs are not covering everything that's coming into the door. So that's how I've gotten in to say, guys, we have this. And then a lot of people have said, you know what? I don't want to mess with it. I want one pricing. I just I want that as my primary ATF. And now all of a sudden vehicles are shifting better. We're fixing shuttering problems with vehicles. Um, we're taking cars that they weren't sure if they're using the right fluid and it's the right fluid every time with, of course, a handful of exceptions. But we, we have application guides for that. So now what you've done is instead of taking the role of the salesman, this is where you come in as a business consultant to say, hey, I have this to fill in this gap that they may not have realized they had. And that's the rest just builds off of that. You know, I find that the dealerships, especially in major metropolitan areas and stuff, they are inundated with people that want to come in and give them their two cents on how to run their store. You know, there's just a a myriad of people wanting to be a business consultant to those types of stores. But I've found that 
in the rural dealerships and small towns and things like that. And of course, in the independence, there's, there's not a lot of people out there showing them that kind of love. I mean, did you, do you think that's true in your territory? Yeah, I, I would say to a point, I mean, previous guys did, did great jobs with what, with what they invested in. Obviously they, they built it to that point, but uh, I, I feel especially in, you know, we're talking Midwest America, man, you know, the heartland, people are, are genuine. They're willing to listen when, when you come up to them to say, Hey, you know, I think I got something that might help you out and, and, and just let them know that you're not trying to push cans. You're not trying to push your product, but you're trying to genuinely help their business with what they either already have or what they're missing. That's where I think people realize, Hey, you know, this guy's not out here to try to like force stuff down my throat and then get that one time sale. He's actually here to try to help grow my bottom line. And more people than not are going to, are going to pick up on that because it's guys, let me ask you, are you being genuine with your shops? When you're when you're going into a shop, or you know, do you have a fear? Or is there you know is there something that's holding you back from being your genuine self? Talk to these guys like you do your friends. Maybe not the entire way. Obviously, you got to watch what you're saying, but try you know try to be try to be a friend of these guys and say you know hey this is my background, my experience. This is this is what I've noticed, and I'm here to help you guys out. I'm not here to peddle my program, but I want to make sure I'm doing the best for you guys. And when people realize that, hey, this guy's being genuine, he truly cares about the entire performance of our business, that's when relationships are made. And, and, th- and now those relationships become friendships. Um, something, something to kind of add on to this, my, my most successful training, hands down, that I've done uh, with all my independent shops has very little to do with BG, and, and, but it ties BG into exactly what we're doing. And what I mean by that is a multi-point process training. Um, I'll, I'll go into shops and, you know, that we've, you know, become friends. We've become, you know, very good, you know, good relationship and partner. And they'll be like, hey, you know, what are, what are we doing wrong? What are we, what are we missing? Because we see it, they seem to be doing everything. I say, guys, I'm going to take my BG shirt off for a second. And I'm going to talk to you friend to friend and say, we have a process issue. And this is what I observe. This is what I've noticed. And just say, hey. You guys are doing everything right, but the order of which is being done, I think, is what's holding you guys back. Are, are you willing to try something I'm going to throw out there? More times than not, guys are going to be like, yeah, lay it on us. And, and I walk them through a multi-point inspection process. Anyone that's dealt with Ford, GM, um, any management success group, it, it's a very similar format on how on how the dealers and how the OEMs are, are doing their inspection processes about having inspections back within 15 minutes to the advisors, about sitting down with the customer, giving them a copy of the multi-point. This all builds a certain psychology and a certain execution that if the guys follow every time, they will have greater successes selling everything, not not just BG. We're talking, you know, selling brakes, offering tires, offering, but we come along for the ride. Brakes get done, a brake flush is getting sold. A repair for a water pump, they're going to be they're going to be exchanging the fluid on the cooling system. When you build that kind of rapport to help their entire business, guys, believe me, you come along for the ride. Yeah, and so more comprehensive recommendations that are that are coming out of the inspections. Now, the inspection process breakdown, do you find that it's typically happening in the back shop with how the tech is performing it or maybe how fast he's performing or does it have more to do with how the advisor is presenting those those findings it's uh it's all the above it's uh 
I'm trying to think the best way to put this. If you have one member of your team that's doing the right thing and the other that's not, your results are going to be the same. They're not going to achieve anything. So what I mean by that is like, you know, your advisor writes up a vehicle, let's say, or whoever, whoever does the write-up and they get the work order ready. They get out to the technicians. Uh, at, and that's oftentimes that's an issue. Uh, technicians aren't getting their work orders in a timely manner. So what I do is I go in as part of that process training and say, all right, guys, hey, I'm going to spend some time with the back end and I'm going to spend some time with the front end because I want you guys to work together on this because this is, you know, you know teamwork makes the dream work. And, and it's the God's honest truth. So what I'll do with the guys is go out. I'll start with the guys out back and say, I, you know, let's do the inspection together. But let me show you an extremely efficient way to do it without cutting corners. So that way you can get this back to your advisor within about 15 minutes. The importance of having that back to the advisor at that time is let's keep in mind a waiting customer. 15 minutes in, you've typically found, you know, whatever you're looking at on your phone, you're watching a TV show, you you found your comfortable spot in, in the waiting area. By having those results back to the advisors in that time, your opportunity is so much greater to close the sale because the customers are not expecting to leave 15 minutes in. If you present them with the findings at the end of the transaction or say 45 minutes in, they're looking at their watches. They're ready to get out of there. They're thinking, okay, hey, my car's done. Sweet, I'm getting close because that's just human nature and psychology. So I train the guys to do their multi-point inspections by starting off by, by doing your exterior walk around. Uh, you're checking a couple things on the inside of the car. You're looking at your oil change sticker. Uh, phase one, that's just a, a recap of phase one. Phase two is all your underhood checks. And I always tell them, even if it's there for an oil change, you guys, you want to check oil level. You want to see how nasty and how dark it is. Does it smell like fuel? Are any of the fluids contaminated? Look at your mileage. Is the car out of warranty but eligible for LPP? Excuse me. These are all notes that I, I have the guys kind of consider on a little chart that I give them while doing training. And then phase three is when they put the car in the air and they do the underbody suspension brake check. Um, and I tell guys, here's the thing. It's, you know, you have to obviously check air pressure. You got to rotate tires. You got to top off, you know, washer fluid. These are all items that will wait for sales time. Do this once you turn in your inspection, because these are things you have to do that only tie, uh, that only tie into your time on getting stuff done. So get your inspection done, Turn into your advisor and then go pull your oil, then go prep your your oil bucket, do your rotation, your tire pressure check, because now you're working on salesman time, not your shop time to get the the odds and ends done. Now, transition to the front real quick. So we've we've done the handoff from uh, from the service department to the advisor. That 15 minute window is so crucial to be able to talk to customers. And I tell them, don't do estimates, don't even don't do estimates, but have a game plan. Um, whether your technician stars or highlights your immediate safety items or not, that, that's I tell them get a game plan in mind. Um, we've touched upon the rim method, talking about you know the repair, the immediate, and the maintenance, and I live by that. I and I tell guys you always want to talk safety first. If there's a safety issue with a car, BG can wait, but we want to tell people everything that we found. If I can tell anyone out there listening. The one rule you should always live by, never sell something a customer doesn't need, but if they need something, absolutely you have to tell them about it. It's the same It's the same level of, of, of ethics. It's the same morale, but what you're doing is you're establishing that balance. So when you're out there as an advisor getting ready to talk to your customer after you know 15 minutes after getting the inspection, come up with your game plan. Obviously talk about safety first. 
and you also want to highlight near future repairs. Okay, hey, you know, we got brakes at five millimeters. They're not obviously due today, but it's going to be a near future item. But and at that point, I'm tying in my maintenance to that brake job. So I'm going to go sit down, you know, Mrs. Customer. I just want to let you know, hey, we're working on your vehicle. Thank you so much for waiting. Uh, part of what we do is a is a safety inspection because, you know, we're going to be the last people that touch your vehicle until your next service. And this is a, a courtesy that we do for our customers. Um, my technician pointed out a couple things. I want to let you know, overall, everything looks great. You're taking great care of your car. But we do have a couple things that we want to just kind of, you know, mention to you. And that way you have something in writing. Um, so let's say let's say the car inspects well. There's no immediate needs, but, we, you know, we're at we're sitting at 60,000 miles and it's a Ford. So it's just out of warranty. You know, hey, you know, Mrs. Customer, I want to let you know um, everything checked out great. Um, we do have a couple recommendations. We notice that you are just out of your factory warranty. And this is about the time that we're going to make recommendations to service you know, your transmission, the rear axle of the vehicle, because these are items that have not been done to this point. Also, by doing them at this point in time, we're able to extend coverage on those components. Um, and then, you know, let's say the brakes are at five millimeters before jumping into maintenance. I'm going to say, you know, everything's checking out great. A near future item that you're going to want to pay attention to is you're going to have brakes probably by the time you have your next oil change or, or possibly the one after. I'm going to recommend doing pads and rotors and also changing the brake fluid uh, while we're there. Not something that has to be done today, but you do have some time to get this done. How do you want me to proceed? And and ask them the buying questions. Let, let them, they may say, oh, you know what? If it's that close, get it done, knock it out, or, or hey, how much time do I have? What you're allowing and what you're creating is, is a budgetary situation. So say the customer, you know, or ask them, hey, how do you want me to proceed? Or do you, would you like me to put together an estimate for you? Now what you've done is you have reset the mental clock for that customer. So instead of them waiting to get, you know, hey, I'm ready to get out of here, they're running finances through their head. Okay, he's going to make up an estimate. I wonder if, you know, I'm able to pull this off. Do I have time to get this done? What you've done is you've reset the mental clock. And that's the most important part of it. So now you as an advisor can go back and, you have time to do your estimates, time to you know do what you need to. And I always tell people, do your estimates based on the RIM method. So when you go back, you can say, hey, these are our important items. These are our near future, and here's your maintenance. And then you can ask them, hey, what, you know, do you want us to take care of anything while we're here? Do you want me to schedule? What you've done is you've created a much larger close rate. And shops that have adopted this philosophy have absolutely, since day one, seen the rewards of this because the communication is established differently. Man, that's a great, great information. So to, to summarize what you've, what you've said here, you need to standardize and streamline the inspection process that the techs are going through. Absolutely. You need to follow like the quarter time rule of getting the inspection back in a timely manner to the advisor. The advisor needs to use the RIM method to present the findings of the inspection. Don't worry about estimates and things like that. Just get them to the customer immediately. Yep present everything that they found. And then from there, you know, put it in the customer's, the customer's lap to make a decision. Exactly. Exactly. And what you've done is you've completely, uh, completely streamlined your process. Let's transition back to the shop real quick. At this point in time, the, uh, the advisors, or excuse me, the, the technicians can be waiting for an answer on what's going on. So let's say, you know, the oil was low. We recommended an EPR service. Typically, we'll have an answer for that fairly quickly. Um, say he reaches a point where you're still doing estimates, the cars in the base. Hey, go grab another ticket, pull another car in, and then I'll have an answer for you 
you know, on this one here in just a minute. And what you're doing is you're maximizing your technician's efficiency because most guys are going to have more than one bay to work out of. And so mm-hmm. that's that's the whole idea is to streamline your entire process to be able to get more cars in and also be able to buy time on the sales floor to create that sale. Now, there's a lot of BG reps out there, myself included, you know, that have not worked in a in a dealership other than I did wreck a lot of cars as a porter. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've never worked in a situation where I've had to do inspections or, you know, where I've had to, to write service and things like that. I mean, what, if, if you're talking to a, a salesman, that's just like, this feels so uncomfortable and out of my wheelhouse, you know, I really just, I'm comfortable being a product expert, but getting into all these different processes and stuff. I don't know that I have credibility to stand on. I don't know that they're going to take me seriously. I mean, what encouragement would you offer that guy? I would tell that guy, absolutely, it's okay. Because you know what? We all bring we all bring something separate to the table. But if you're able, if say, say in your distributorship, you guys have a guy that, that did come from that background, man, take take a little bit of time after sales meeting to actually to actually watch what was done. Go to one of your dealers and watch how they do their process and learn learn the ins and outs on how they coordinate, because that's only going to help you as a rep. And, uh, and believe me too, it's, it's not an easy feat. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of discomfort. There's a lot of uncertainty, but uh, something I'm working on right now. And, and you know, me, Casey, with my little projects, man, I love sharing stuff with guys throughout the country of, of what's worked and what hasn't. I love, 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 love being able to share stuff that works. And what I'm doing uh, right now is actually in the process of recreating a multi-point inspection form. It's our existing form that we've used for years, but it's actually set up in a in a uh, in a workflow setup. So it's it's a it's a flow chart uh, is what it is. So you do this section first, this section, and it'll have cues on when you turn things in. So now we will have a little piece of ammunition I can share, whether it's a template, whether we end up making it. Either way, we have a template to be able to follow that inspection. And I tell guys, you know, we 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 do role playing, absolutely practice it and, and work out the kinks, see what you think works best. Because if you can get really proficient in understanding bay flow operation, your entire business just changed because you're able to speak their language on arguably the most sensitive thing in the industry, which is getting cars in and out in a timely manner. That's a great idea. So the, the tool itself, the form, you know, just the way it's set up promotes proper service procedure. Exactly. Awesome. Man, there was one more thing that I wanted to talk to you about because I found this to be a really interesting practice that you've created here. There's a lot of salesmen out there. And, you know, my new guy that I mentioned, you know, he's got so many accounts and he's in the process of weeding through them and figuring out who does what, who's open to new things, who's, you know, who's open to talking about a, a, a deeper relationship with us. But it, it's tough to manage a, a territory where you might have 100 or 150 accounts. And there's a lot of them out there. Oh, yeah. You, you have figured out a way to, uh, I guess, support <coughs> that type of, uh, you know, management of that type of a, a territory by using constant contact. Absolutely. Can you, tell, can you talk about what constant contact is and how you've put it into use in your territory. Absolutely. And actually uh, constant contact and honestly, guys, even building a master Excel sheet uh, and, and I'll, I'll cover both those real quick. So 
what I did before constant contact, and I'll get into what, what it is, um, is I, I created an Excel sheet because I, I, I was that guy. I was that guy that inherited a lot of accounts and, and everyone's on a different page on who's been selling what. So I was like, man, I got to find a way to organize my information, my data. So, you know, I'd, I'd walk into my first store and this created a ton of initial opportunity. Um, I'd go in and say, hey, guys, you know, I'm Spiro. I'm your new rep. And, uh, you know, this is this is my background, where I come from. And, and you know, I'm here to help you guys out. Um, how's all your machinery working? How's, you know, what's working, what's not for you guys? And, and what I'm doing is asking open-ended questions to be get, to be able to, to get the answers that I'm looking for. So, so ask the questions that you want the answers to. So guys will say, oh man, you know, our, our, our power steering machine hasn't worked in, in a while. And I, I forgot to tell the, uh, the previous rep, uh, Hey, no problem. I let me make some notes on that. Speaking of which, uh, do you have all the fittings that you need for your transmission machine? Oh, we haven't been able to do these Ford F-150s, those, those dumb thermostats always get stuck. These guys are now giving you the answers to your estimates you're about to be able to provide them and say, hey, you know, if it's okay with you, let me get you guys a loaner machine for that power steering. Um, let me do some homework, and, and I'm going to go through your fittings to see what we might be missing because I can promise you we've probably had a couple updates uh, on some of these fittings that will actually allow you guys to do these services so much easier. Would that be cool with you if I, if I see what we're missing and get back to you? They're not going to say no to you. They're, they already have the machinery there, and, you, and now all of a sudden, you're able to go through. You're learning the machinery to see what's what's missing, um, and what you're doing is creating and setting the table to demo what you're presenting to them. For example, a Ford F-150 fitting. So what I would do with my accounts is I would log. I would write down, you know, on, on a fresh piece of, pay, uh, piece of paper. All right, they have this machine, this machine, this machine. This machine's missing this. These are missing these fittings. Um, and then I would go through and verify everything on their route card. Um, some guys will work off of like a min max. Some guys just, you know, call in, call in orders and I would ask them, Hey, what works best for you? Do you want me to set up a scheduled time? You know, what do you want me to set for a max level? And just tell them, I, I want to, I never want to overstock you guys, but I want to make sure you have everything you need to be able to sell before I see you and say, excuse me, two weeks or whatever the frequency is. So what you've done is you've asked five or six questions that have literally answered almost everything you need to get started. So I already know they have a PF5. I already know that they have an air fuel induction tool, a uh, canister, so which probably has you know, a, a busted clamp. It probably has a busted gauge. Uh, chances are the nozzle is the old style. These are all things that you can pay attention and present to them and say, hey, you know, I noticed that we needed this and this. This will update your machine so you guys are updated, ready to go. You know, let me know if I can if I can get those th that, that stuff coming. And on this Excel sheet that I used, I would track everything. So I would know if they had this, you know, custom adapter or this thing. And that helped me pick up where I've left off when I visited an account because I'm, I'm not double handling stuff. Where constant contact came into play. And, and you guys, if you've been looking at an email service of any kind, um, ask Kelly Fitzpatrick, another one of our reps, ask Dave Disco, Brian Parker. These guys have all adopted it. It is going to completely change your communication platform. And what it is, it's a it's a program that allows you to gather the data of your shop, your your guys, you know, emails, whatever, and create mailing lists. So, for example, we just had uh, an update to MOA recently. We had the new color change, the updated formulation. So I literally copied and pasted off of our 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 you know rep news created a custom flyer that took me maybe 15 minutes to put together put on a couple items on there that I want them to know about 
and I built a series of mailing lists on constant contact that I want certain guys to get or some not to get. And I send it out to my shops. And what it does is it's a super quick, effective way to reach out and communicate to my shops. Hey guys, this color change is coming. Don't freak out. If you see MOA look different. Hey, by the way, um, we're getting ready to ramp up on platinum tool services. We're doing a promo this month. Let me know if you're interested. And it's just a basic newsletter covering two or three things that all my shops see. And I can't even tell you guys the success that's come out of that. Oh yeah, man, I heard about that. We want to see this. I, I've probably sold maybe five or six platinum tools just off the last the last newsletter that went out because guys were able to see what I'm talking about versus cold calling, hoping that you're catching them at the right time. How many times have you guys gone to a shop and it's a fire drill and you, you can't spend two seconds with the owner or the manager because they're busy? This allows them to look at what you're sending and now you have something, a warm lead to follow up on. And that's what constant contact allows allows us to do is send out that warm lead, that notification. And uh, I have an average of about a 76% open rate. So I'm pretty happy with that. Over, uh, the industry standard is 11%. I'm getting about 76% the way I have my stuff set up because it's coming from me directly. So now I'm establishing a more effective communication platform as well as something to follow up with when I go to that shop and say, oh, hey, did you, get my, did you see the newsletter? I was talking about the changes to MOA. Just want to make sure you got that. I know who's opened it and who hasn't. So when they say, oh, no, I haven't seen that. Now they open up the newsletter. I tell them, to pull, you know, they pull up their email. Oh, hey, what's this platinum deal that you're talking about? Boom. I just have, I've got a warm lead into, into a, a service at this point. So that's, that's the power and the beauty of tracking what, what's already there but also being able to control what you're sending out to your guys to create further opportunity for them and yourself. So in the last episode, you know, about social media, we talked about using that as a platform to, to be present in your stores, even when you're not present. So this is a tool with a similar sort of goal in that way, but it's also something that could lead directly to sales on a regular basis. Absolutely. And guys, social media, I can't stress enough, create a business page, get on there, add people. And, and the reason why, and I don't use that per se to, to promote products. I tried that for a while. It just, it didn't go over well. Use that to give your guys the spotlight. Hey, we just did a, a transmission, you know, seminar over at, a over at, you know, Joe Bob's, you know, quick lube, whatever the scenario. And just, and just what you do, take pictures of their, their, their building, take pictures of the machine hooked up the before and after, and post it on Facebook and then share it on your personal page. And what you're doing is you're showing the world, hey, man, I care about these guys. We spent some time there. These guys do a great job with services. I, I want to promote what you guys are doing. And, you know, I've got I've got about 4,000 give or take people on my personal page, about, a, about I think, 600 on my business page. And I share stuff, through, you know, through different shops. But also what that does is not only shows, you know, the gratitude for, hey, guys, thanks for doing business, but it's also exposing everybody Hey, oh, those guys sell those services or, Hey man, this guy's willing to put a whole article on Facebook for doing a, a demo, but other shops are seeing this other technicians from other shops are like, Oh man, I didn't know those guys did that. Why aren't we doing that? I can't tell you how many times I've gotten text messages saying, Hey, I saw that thing that you guys posted dynamic, especially guys, dynamic engine service. You want to sell a couple kits, do a couple before and afters on Facebook. And I, I can promise you that floodgate opens. Because guys are like, I need to know what that is because we've had scenarios where we could have used that. Next thing you know, you're going in, you're showing the guys, and, and that opportunity has been created. Social media, constant contact for mail management, and use, use a great Excel format to track where you've left off. 
those three things will build, will literally accelerate everything you guys are doing in your territories. Man, I think, I think when I, when I sit back and think about, you know, all the different feedback I've gotten over these past, you know, six episodes about what people are doing in the field that are successful and what's working for them and stuff. I think the under the underlying message is be organized, think outside the box. If you if you're just driving around a van in a van and and you know, you formulate your plan for that stop right before you step out of the truck, you're just not going to be as successful as you could be. So these are ways to to maximize your time, maximize your effectiveness. And, and portray yourself as more of a professional to your customers instead of just, oh, so-and-so, the guy that, that you know, picks up the rugs and, and cleans our uniforms. You know, it's, it's a different type of, of persona that you're, that you're showing your customers. It is, man, but, but also not just being the best that you can be for your guys, but you're also making your life way easier in the process. Um, we, we can all vouch for this. Every single one of us from, from the top guy in the company to the, to the guy at the very end. It's so hard to pick up where you've left off. If you are not organized and you don't track what you've talked to people about, there's nothing worse than handling something twice because it is, it's a professionalism thing, but it also, how can you maximize how effective you are? And, and that's why guys, I, I encourage any means of organization and use, use whatever you can, you know, get information from the, from the top producing guys, the guys with great growth percentage—they're obviously doing something that's a, that's directly impacting their business. And and believe me when I say shops talk to each other, they do. They definitely talk. Hey, how are how, why is he doing that? Or or hey, you know my new BG rep man, I like this guy. He's here. He's here to help you know get us fired up, and he he wants to help grow our whole business. Believe me, word of mouth travels, man. It really does. And and that's going to create more warm leads and more credibility when you go into shops. So. If you're cold calling a shop, you're going in because you were sent there by by that guy's buddy. Or if you're going into a shop that hasn't done much to say, hey, you know, here's a new twist on things, you guys. Here's a little something that you may not have had in the past, but I want to bring a little something extra to the table because I value you guys as a customer and I want to help you grow your entire business as your BG guy. And next thing you know, your recommendations moving forward have way far more impact than just saying, Hey, you, you need to sell 44 K cause it's good to people, you know, good for cars. Now it's like, Hey, this is something I think is going to help you guys out. And now they're willing to listen. And that's, that's the difference maker. Well, Spiro, man, I really appreciate you being on. It took us a, a few months of playing phone tag to get this <laughs> recorded, but, um, Oh, and also wanted to say congratulations. Uh, Spiro here's a, a brand new daddy. Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> Grats. Uh, your, what's your son's name? Uh, Zane. Zane. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations, man. That's exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. He's not scheduled for his first demo for quite a while, but he's he'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> and for the for the people listening that want to connect with you, uh, what you know, what's your Facebook page and stuff? How do they find you? Absolutely, guys. So uh, the business page is. Uh, BG Spiro OKC. So BG S P I R O OKC. And then, uh, you guys will see my personal page on there as well. And it's just my personal last name, Spiro Morianis. And, uh, yeah, guys, if you want ideas, by all means, add me on Facebook. I, the bigger the network, the better, man, we can learn so much from each other. 
Um, you know, I talked to, I talked to Fitz a lot. I talked to, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the different guys at different, uh, different territories and distributors about sharing ideas because I, if there's something that one guy has that's working well, guys, I want you to run with it. Try it out because chances are, if it's working for one guy, it's going to work for you, uh, to a point and that we can help each other grow just such an amazing thing by just taking that little extra effort and running with it. Well, thanks a lot for all the insights, Spiro. And uh, we need to do this again at some point. Yeah, let's look at absolutely. maybe late spring or something like that. I look but, forward to that. All right, man. Well, have a good one. You as well. Thank you so much.